when you take the time to calm and open and listen and settle, it's extremely profound what unfolds. Ever wonder what your animals are trying to tell you? How to decipher those looks, barks, meows, and interesting behaviors? Join me as I share numerous animal communication encounters and some bizarre unfoldings. Jump into unique stories that will open your mind to the depths in which the animals that share our world are looking to connect. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Chatting with Chickens and Other Wonderful Animals with me, Lindsay. <sighs> it's, it's a different energy in here today. Uh, <laughs> as I say that, someone comes up and puts their face almost right to the microphone before jumping down and he starts to settle my editor heather might on the video aspect of this get to see a little a little shot of bob so big shift for those of you who know bob bobcat bob's actually hanging out in the recording room with us today we have Walton here, our big earthy coffee dog holding some grounded space. Got Raz laying on my lap, holding his loving space too. My sister's dog, Bailey, is here with us for a week. And yeah, I did not release an episode last week for any of you who noticed that. I had to take a little bit of time for after I recorded the latest episode, a lot shifted. So a couple of things shifted. So when I recorded last, I had just come out of the Animal Connections workshop and then went right into a week-long transformational breath training. And then it was the weekend coming out of that. And we had a mom chicken who hatched 14 chicks on her own who was very adamant on staying outside with them. Normally with chicks and moms, we put them into the garage in like a brooding box until the chicks are a certain age. But she was an intense mama and she was happy with her setup. However, that weekend, something had happened with her. And... She, I think, dislocated her leg. She did lose one of her chicks. And so I think something obviously came. And in defending her chicks, she got injured. So we were able to move them in. And it did not look good at the beginning. Her leg was actually like dragging behind her. It was heartbreaking. However, I think that will be a thread going through this episode is simply how grateful I am in high stress situations that I am able to listen and hear and communicate with our animal companions, the animals that make up our world. 
it just helps. It helps. I come forward with decisions that I wouldn't have originally then made on my own. And it also honors their ability to make the choice for them. So with this mom, normally a situation like that, especially the discomfort that an animal will go through with that, we would be asking, like, are you wanting some support in transitioning? And as soon as that question even started to form, that energy started to form in my mind, she came in with a fury and was like, do not even think about it. I am here for my chicks. I want to be here for my chicks. I am not going anywhere. And I was like, okay, mom, 100%, like we are not making that decision for you. You can be here for your chicks. And so, yes, we were able to move them inside. We were able to move them into a brooding box. And slowly but surely, that mom has been healing. She's now able to pull her leg under her and is doing some gentle weight bearing on it. It's nowhere near 100%, nor will she let me work on her physically right now, which is okay. She wants to be with her babes. Like that's her number one. I think once the babes are old enough to integrate into the flock, I can do more with her manually versus energetically. And everything can be done energetically. It's just my consciousness that feels I need to do some things manually. However, I think of like what we went through with Inigo and needing to do some rehab for his legs. Like I do feel very hopeful with where we'll be able to get Lydia with her leg. But it's been amazing the healing she's been able to do. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And every day I check in with her, how are you doing? How are things? And she's just like, I'm good. I'm here. And like her babes just love her. She still has a huge flock of them. It's unfortunate that we lost one. However, with that, she has 13, which is the biggest flock that a chicken has hatched on her own. And they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. So that was number one that came forward right after I recorded the last episode. And then the other incident that unfolded is coming out of that weekend, the Tuesday. Then started going my producer, my soul, everything who is the world to me. Started going in and out of the vet. They ended up finding crystals in his bladder and he had a block, but he kept blocking and long short over the weekend because he had to go to emerge the Thursday night and then stay because then on blocking them, they wanted to keep a catheter in for 24 hours. And when he peed on his own, he'd be able to come back home. But that's where he was struggling, was going to the washroom on his own. It went from on the Saturday, them just waiting for him to pee and him coming home to that evening. They found a mess in his bladder. And surgery at that point was not recommended or deemed a good decision. It's interesting as I'm talking about this, Bob's coming back in. And so that evening, we made the journey to the emergency vet to assist our friend, our love, our family member, my soul, Finn, in transitioning. 
It's interesting. So as I'm getting a little emotional, Bob's trying to play with Rascal's tail, which is something that's going to make Raz completely freak out. (laughs) Sorry, there's going to be, I think, a few interruptions in today's episode as this is going to be part of our chat too, is how our crew shows up. And so what was really fascinating is during that time, like Bob, Bob came back the weekend of the workshop and he normally sticks around for like up to a week if we're lucky. And then he goes out and journeys and then he comes back in about a month or a couple weeks later or whenever he feels like it. Well, Bob just didn't leave. He stuck around and he knew that Finn went to the vet. He knew that Finn wasn't home. And the Saturday, Bob was just adamant about getting into our house, coming into the house. And so it's interesting because like no other day and like we've had him in the kitchen before, but that's been about it. Like the odd time when he was in the mudroom so much in the winter. But that day, like I said to Alex, like it's crazy that Bob's just like being so intense about being in the house. And so we let him into the kitchen a little bit, but not for that long because I didn't. I was thinking Finn would be coming home and I didn't want Bob's scent to be everywhere. And then that night when we got home, it was like 1030 when we got home from the vet, Bob was gone. And I was like, oh. Like, I hope he hasn't taken off for, like, journeying for a few weeks. Like, if he did, that's okay. That's his choice. It's really sweet. He's actually laying right beside me. It just shows you how in tune they are. He knows that I'm, like, moments from, like, ugly crying, like, complete ugly crying. And he's laying here purring. (sighs) And so, sure enough, the next morning it was, like, 5 a.m. and I couldn't sleep. So I just got up to go downstairs to make myself a tea. And as soon as I went to slide the glass door in our kitchen, the screen door, I heard meow, 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 just Bob. And he was just sitting on the deck. And so I just let him into the house. And this little buddy has been in and out of our house ever since. So I guess you could call him a wild slash barn slash now house cat. And although in no way, shape, or form is this a substitute for Finn or is this taking over for Finn, it's been nice. It's been nice to have Bob around. It's comforting. And again, it's not in a replacement energy, but it's just been helpful. And I've talked about this in other episodes that, you know, when especially when we have more than one animal residing with us in our pack, in our family, that when one of those animals transitions, you might start to notice different behaviors in the animals that are still with you because they'll start to shift and change to reharmonize the vibration in the household or for the family. Bob's just so in tune with that. They're all so in tune with that. And it was interesting because like the week when we were doing the breath, I had totally forgot that I had talked to Kaylee about this on a walk, but I had said to Kaylee, I was getting nervous because I was seeing all the signs I would normally see when 
a being was about to transition. So when it comes to transitioning sessions, I always ask for backup. I always ask for another message. It's a really sensitive and important time. And so normally I'll ask the universe for a second message. And I just been seeing a lot of the symbols that I typically see for a transitioning session or when someone's about to transition or any being. And I'd mentioned that to Kales and then that thought totally left my mind when Finn was in and out of the vet. And it was interesting because like in the background, it felt serious. Although like at that surface level, you know, cats can get crystals in their bladder pretty easily. Like at the surface level, it shouldn't have been a big thing. It shouldn't have gone where it did. So moving to that situation, oh, I'm just so grateful that I was able to communicate with him during that time while he was at the eMERGE vet and check in and energetically sit with him. And then even when that answer came forward, I remember showing him every single solution and just being like, whatever you want, we'll do. Whatever you want, we will do. And he's like, it's okay. It's my time. It's time for me to transition. And I knew like the surgery wasn't recommended. And I knew already for him too, even being overnight at the eMERGE vet was stressful for him. And I also know with all that I do, when it's a soul's time, it's a soul's time. Whether they're an older soul that's lived a long life or newer, when it's their time, it's their time. And for the most part, our animals seem to be really in line with this and carry this energy in a more harmonized way than us humans do at times. And so Finn had said, he's like, it's my time. And so we went to the eMERGE vet and we were able to sit with him. And while we sat with him, he just purred and curled up with us. Not a single part of him tried to leave or like was looking to get out of that room, which wouldn't have been a normal behavior for him. <sighs> But he knew, and him and I had talked about it, and he was okay, that it was his time, and he made it as easy as that decision can be to move through. But I'm just so happy to be able to listen and communicate because otherwise my human self would have really gotten in the way of this process. I would be driving myself crazy with the what ifs. He was five. He was only five. And he was such a big part of my world. And I can feel him. I would say this is the first time with an animal transitioning that when it happened, I felt my soul coming back to me. 
it's not that I felt empty. And in that aspect, it's not, it's not that I'm not grieving. I'm sure as you guys can hear, <laughs> I'm definitely still grieving. But in that aspect, it doesn't feel like he's not here. He's just not here in physical form, which is the part that my very human self has to move through and grieve and process. But whenever I sit in silence or connect on that higher level, he is right there with me. (sighs) He's supporting me. He's connected to me. We're never going to lose that. It's never going to be gone, that aspect. It's just not there in the physical world. I don't know if I've talked about it in other episodes yet or not, but one of the things that came forward, so two weeks today, I leave on a pretty remarkable journey. I'm going to be first flying into Prague and journeying around Prague for a few days, and I'm going to be taking a flight to Egypt, and with Linking Awareness and Lucia, I'm going to be doing Linking awareness, adventure, practicum with wild dolphins in the Red Sea. So I have, oh my gosh, I have no idea what that's going to be like. It's going to be amazing. Like we are with dolphins every day, I think almost three times a day or three times a day for a week learning from them in Egypt, (laughs) to say the least. One of the things Finn said to me, is he's like, I want to go to Egypt with you. And he's like, I can't do that in physical form, but I want to be with you in Egypt. It's all of these things that line up that like help trust the process, I guess you could say. Bob knew on Saturday. It was, he knew, he knew before we knew. And that's why he was coming into the house. He knows. Like you can feel it. And like right now, he's like as close as he can be to me. And he's just holding space. And like he's laying with the dogs. It's like he's always been in the house. (laughs) Does it take a lot of work to learn how to communicate and connect with animals? For me, yes. It took a lot of work. Why did it take a lot of work? Because it's strengthening our subtle senses and it's quieting the mind and journeying into the heart. And for me, that was something that I wasn't doing. It was something that was not part of my world. It was not part of my experiences. So it took a lot of discipline to start to grow that skill. I wouldn't even call it a skill to just take the time to reopen our deeper states of ourselves and our consciousness and that deeper level that we are all ultimately connected with each other a hundred percent it took a lot of carving out of time to meditate to breathe to connect to practice to release and so for everyone, no, it's, it's going to be a different journey depending where you are, depending how connected you already are or disconnected you are. But I'm telling you in times like these, 
I would do that times a hundred for how it's helped me out, for how I've been able to have those final physical to physical moments and conversations. I would practice this ability tenfold if I needed to, to bring forward the experience that we've been able to have because I can do this. For those of you who have taken the workshop and who have done this training that I know listen to this podcast, you're doing it. Keep practicing. It does get easier. And in times like these, and don't get me wrong, there's been other times that I've needed to reach out to other friends and supports to help me connect because there has been too many emotions. It's something I'm forever, forever grateful for, especially when I look at this situation and how it's unfolded and how I've been able to observe, connect, and move through. Even when we come back to Mama Lydia and her babes, like being able to hear her and being like, can I work on you today? Like, can I take you out from your babes? And she's like, no, I just want to be with my babes. Like, give me space right now. And to be able to listen and honor that and allow her to make a decision, you know, allow Finn to make his decision versus the stress that can be put on us for making the decision when we don't know what to make or when we do, but we still as humans feel guilty or worried or stuck in the process. When our our crew doesn't want us to be stuck. Do I feel on some level Bob and Finn pre-had this agreement? A hundred percent. Finn wouldn't want to see me suffer with his transitioning. When you take the time to calm and open and listen and settle, it's extremely profound what unfolds and what comes forward. As I look around, and although this episode's had numerous interruptions, but I have three beautiful dogs laying around me and one really radiant cat and I can feel the souls and spirits of so many others. It makes a rainbow come through during some cloudier times. So from my heart to yours, listeners, thank you for taking time to connect with me, to hear these stories, to elevate the way you connect with the animals that are in your world. Lots of love, lots of connection. Have a divine day. Here's our little disclaimer. Please know that these animal connections are coming in through my beliefs and filters. They're coming in through my consciousness that they are not a diagnosis or are they applicable to all animals. More simply put, these stories are meant to inspire individuals to dive deeper into the relationships with the animals in their world and all that they have to share with them. 